Welcome to the Matters of Movement podcast. I'm your host, Christina Whalen Chabot. Join me in exploring all the things that impact movement and how we can all strive to move better to feel better as I interview movement experts, researchers, and real people who have made big and inspiring changes in their lives by turning to movement and wellness. Today, I am excited to welcome Lori Mork. So excited. I'm going to read your bio and let it speak for itself. Lori Mork is an expert in the field of health and wellness, mindset, women's empowerment, and body positivity. She's a fierce and dynamic author, speaker, former fitness champion, reformed dieting junkie, and kick-ass coach to thousands of women worldwide. So cool. So, Lori... (laughs) I've been following you for so long, probably probably going on uh, three years now. So what is the message you try to give your children in terms of movement? That they need to choose activities that they like. So just because we are told that we have to go to the gym or we're told that we're supposed to do cardiovascular or whatever it might be, choose things that you enjoy and choose things that make you feel good. And the other thing too, is that sometimes with my kids, especially is that I'm just like, just move your body. Like it doesn't have to look a certain way. You know, we just have to get up and go outside and get some fresh air. And, and inevitably we always feel better. There's never a time when we've moved our body and not felt better after. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Even I'll I'll dance in the kitchen. I'll just put on music and dance in the kitchen. I've done that since they were younger too. So as much as I'm a workout queen, I love my gym. I love my weights. They know to do things because they're not, they've never been huge fans of that. I have an 18 year old daughter and we have a gym at home and she's like, I just don't like that mom, but that might mean yoga for you. That might mean a walk with the dogs for you. But you're right. Just move your body in some way every single day. Lately, we've been, I'm noticing that my my oldest is starting to really, she's starting to hone in on the, on the movement she's really enjoying. So we've been doing forest walks and she's really getting excited about that stuff now. And before she was okay, like she'd get on board, but it wasn't, she wasn't really committed, but now she starts, she's starting to ask for it. So giving your kids the opportunity, giving them uh, a variety so that they can start figuring out what it is that they really like to do. Is your son still dancing? During COVID, he stopped. Yes, my son is 14. And he there's a good example of, of a child that picked what he wanted to do. So, you know, we, we tried swimming, we tried learning to skate, we tried all of the activities and he just decided, and I was never a huge dancer in terms of, I I was never a ballerina. I was never into it a lot. He went from dancing a few hours a week to dancing 16 hours a week. And he did it all. He did ballet, jazz, musical theater. And then he also was a student teacher for a lot of uh, years because he wanted to help other dancers as well. And then with COVID, I found he just said he just felt like he was being punished because they couldn't 
touch each other for dance and they couldn't fully do their competition. So we took a break this year and I'm just really hoping that he still goes back next year because he he loved it. And it's not that he was going to be some Broadway dancer or anything. He just, it was a fun way for him to move his body. I feel like COVID has really thrown a wrench into so many people's lives in one way or another. Well, and he was, he was competitive. So like they had the competitions and that was really exciting. He likes to be in front of an audience. So when they would work towards the recital, that was really exciting for him. Whereas during COVID, they kind of had their little squares and it was like they had to stay in their little zones. And he just said it just felt like punishment. And again, there's, it comes back to if you're not having fun, let's take a break. And it's hopefully not going to last forever we'll be able to go back to it. Hopefully, hopefully we haven't got past that stage, but he, he's been working out at home. So he's found other ways to move his body for now. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad. So let's talk a little bit about moving for the purpose of weight loss and changing your appearance. I know that a lot of people are motivated to move for that specific reason And anyways, I can see you want to say something, so go ahead. (laughs) Well, I think it comes down to the the point of just still being kind to your body. Your body didn't do anything to you. And I think in society, we're fed numbers and we're fed ideals. And we've held on to those for so long. And it's almost like we've, we come, come back to being cruel to ourselves. I don't fit into size X, so I'm a terrible person or... I, you know, I weighed this on the scale and, and we hold on to that. And I think that it's, it's tough when you get older, you realize all of the years you did spend striving for a number and, and just not being kind to yourself because you didn't lose the last 10 pounds. And so I think that if we can eliminate that, it's still going to be there. But if we can just put it on the back burner and say, let's focus on the internal stuff. And I promise you, I've been doing this for 29 years. If you focus on the internal, your external results just happen organically and naturally. So if you start to move your body for fun and because you love it and it's not a chore and it's not punishment, if you start to eat foods that you enjoy and that make you feel good, internally, all the systems are going to be working and externally, you're going to just all of a sudden see that weight loss happen without forcing it. But I think we have it backwards, I think is what it is. We focus on have to move, have to burn calories, have to diet, take away calories, whereas our body is pretty smart. And if we let it tell us what it needs and what it wants to do, you're going to get to that weight loss goal. You will. I've seen it time and time again. Well, I think the other part too is being able to listen to your body and get that feedback, right? When the, I mean, I have a whole chapter in my book and I talk a lot on social media about the weight scale. And when I see people really focused on weight loss, that weight scale is never going to tell you the truth. It's always going to feed you a lie. It's going to, it's a random number generator that changes all the time. And if we can let go of weight loss and just focus on, like you said, how you feel, how's your digestion, Uh, do you feel like your clothes are a little looser? Like those are things that you can control the outcome of. Whereas 
that scale, I mean, if I could smash everybody's scale and make sure that they never sell them again, I think it would give us all more success in terms of weight loss. Yeah. For the long term. For the long yeah. term. Absolutely. And you know what? I think in some ways, after having my son and like not being able to bounce back as quickly as I was initially um, in, after my first and second, obviously I'm older. And I think I got a little caught up with the number. I was like, oh, like I'm just, I'm not going back down, you know? And I was feeling, I was like, ooh, I could just feel that little, like that little internal stab. And now realizing as the months and years have gone on that, you know, I'm probably the strongest I've ever been in my life. And I'm likely the healthiest I've ever been in my life. Yes, I'm heavier, but I'm better for it in so many ways. And it's okay. You know, it's okay. Like I get joy from movement. I move more than I ever have in my whole life. And you get stuck with these ideas in your head and trying to live up to these impossible standards. Yeah. And I mean, we're changing the standard, which is good, but it's going to take us a long time to get there. I mean, it's a lot of, we have to do some unprogramming, reprogramming, and just really make sure that we pass it down to the next generation of women that, that they don't have to feel like they're so attached to what society is telling us we're supposed to look like and that one size fits all solution. So I, I, we've seen some change, but we definitely still have a long ways to go, but being the same age as you, I get it. I was a slave to the scale for years too. And then I think when I started to understand body composition better too, like I was, I realized that that heavy rock is lean, it's hard, but it's heavier than the jello, that wiggly light jello. And so I started to detach from that number on the scale because I was seeing it change so much and not really tell me the big, the big picture. And that's the hardest thing I think for most of my clients to let go of is the weight scale. But once they do, once they do, like you, they start to realize, wow, I actually kind of like how I look right now. I actually feel better. Um, I'm not so hard on myself. Uh, I did a little test and I, I hadn't weighed myself in almost seven years. And I did a few months worth just to prove like if I went out to dinner the night before and it was a saltier meal, I could go up five pounds. If it was a couple of days before my period, it, I, I mean, there was some times where it was five, six, seven pounds. And then it, I could also be cockier in the other direction where I would get on it and I'd be like, I didn't even do anything and I lost two pounds. Like it was, but it was so random that I, I realized the compulsion of it with my clients. But that was, that's why I really try with all of my clients to maybe we don't break up with the scale totally, but can we put it away for a while and silence it? Don't give it that power. Don't give it the power over how you feel about yourself. I know. I mean, when you really think about it, like how ridiculous is it that we, <laughs> that we are so married and that many people are just married to this number. And I know that there are much greater things going on in the outside, you know, with societal pressures and only seeing, you know, thin fitness models <laughs> and, and, you know, being able to see a variety of shapes and sizes, see people who are able capable and skilled at certain movement, no matter what shape they are. 
Well, I think a lot of the time too, we have, we have a number in our head and I don't know where we got the number. So I'll have someone come to me and say, I want to be X pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds or I want to look like that fitness model. And I'll say to them, I train her as well. She's 20 pounds heavier than you think your end goal is. Because you're looking at her physique and you're not realizing she has a lot of muscle. She's taller than you. And so it's, I think once we give that up, a lot of my clients, when they get to their ultimate goals, where they're like, I'm feeling amazing. My sex drive is good. My energy is good. My sleep is good. I fit into those genes that I was trying to fit into. They're nowhere near the number they thought they were supposed to be and that they were holding on to for so long. They actually feel better and are happier. And then they usually don't even weigh themselves ever again because they feel so good. Yeah. So empowering and freeing. That's amazing. And I love this idea of changing the dialogue around movement in many ways and shapes. I think that, um, you know, I did an undergrad in phys ed and then I went on to do a master's in exercise physiology. And so I had really like very specific ideas of what movement was. And, and I'm grateful for that experience. I'm grateful for the information that I learned and the experiences that I got from that. But I walked out of that with very specific ideas about what moving looked like especially around like professional athletes and, and in a lot of ways, the idea that you had to move, not only look a certain way, but have a certain amount of skill is a bit limiting because you're like, well, I can't do all of those things. So, you know, taking a walk around the block isn't sufficient. You know, it's not going to be enough. You know, like I don't see that people don't see that as being movement in a way that is going to, get them somewhere, get them fitter, get them healthier. So what do you think about that? Well, we think, I think we're, we're shown that we have to go extreme in, in the industry where I always say, let's take baby steps. And if, if you haven't been working out at all, why not just try to move your body a couple of times a week? You might actually see amazing progress and results, and that might be all you need. We don't have to go to seven days a week, two hours a day. I mean, if you kind of dip your toe in the pool rather than just jumping headfirst, and it's the same with nutrition beyond movement, it's we don't have to slash all the carbs, slash all the calories. What if we just make small, subtle changes and we see huge results? And that's usually where I see this. People will find their sweet spot for movement, I call it. And that might be three days a week for you. That might be five days a week for me. As we get older, that changes as well. And we just have to be open to, we don't have to be going so beast mode extreme to get there. Yeah, so true. I love that. And it's, I think too, you know, we've got these people who are really, you know, they get this idea that they have to work out for an hour. So I'm really trying to change people's ideas. It's like, well, no, what if you worked out for 10 minutes? Like work out for 10 minutes and I know you might not have an hour in a day. So let's work out for 10 minutes and then you could do another 10 minutes a little later if you want to, if not skip to the next day, let's add a little bit more in. And you just, like you said, baby steps, you work up from there. Well, and we'll all have good days and, and good weeks where we, 
check off all the boxes and we were superstars. And I mean, if we have kids, if we have jobs, if we have lives, other weeks, you know, the baby kept you up all night and you had a deadline at work and you just, you don't have to always be getting it in all the time. You just try, try your best most of the time. And then when there are weeks, you know, where, when we used to be able to travel, you go away, you go to Mexico, you maybe don't do as much as you used to. And that's okay. You're giving your body a break, which is important as well. Yeah. What is your advice? Because when usually people start an exercise program, they're really excited about it and they've got a lot of momentum and they've got a lot of drive and then the effort and the excitement wears off and then things just start to wane. What, what do you say to your clients when that starts happening, when you see that happening? Well, I'm, I'm really good at making sure that we don't jump in the deep end, especially if it's someone that has struggled with the ups and downs, right? Like if they are used to, and I'm not an extreme coach, I'm not a fad coach. So we do really, you know, a lot of my clients, it's like, okay, we're going to focus on just moving your body first. Let's not worry as much about the nutrition because it's overwhelming, I think. I mean, we do have a lot of things going on in our lives and our nutrition and my work and our workout programs aren't the main focus of our life. I mean, it would be nice if we weren't keeping human beings alive and we didn't have to have a job and we could just focus on getting fit. But if we can just pick little things like, you know, if, if I have a client that's really good at moving her body and that's not where she's struggling, we focus on the areas that she's struggling the most with. And again, it comes down to baby steps. Take the small steps and be patient with yourself and you will find the long-term results and sustainability. Because anybody can move their bodies so much that they drop the weight, but to be able to sustain that, we all burn out too quickly and then we end up right back where we started or worse. So it's better to ease in. Yeah. And then what do you do with the people who are like super gung-ho and you got to pull, you got to like pull the reins back. <laughs> and, and I do, I still, I mean, I have clients that were used to going seven days a week. And I, yesterday I actually got a text from a client saying, I don't think I've taken a Sunday off because she's a seven day a week workout girl for, I think she said six years. And I, and I said to her, but you're still not at your goals. So you're not resting your body because rest is overrated. I think we forget that part of the equation. And rest is actually when your body changes. It's when your muscles heal. So I was getting the mean, nasty text messages from her saying, I can't believe I'm not at the gym. And it's trust, I think, a lot of the times. And she's starting to learn to trust me more. And she just was proud that she was listening to me. And I just have to keep saying it to them. Why is rest important? And if you were at your goals for the seven day a weeks that you've been doing, you wouldn't have contacted me to help you get to your goals. Yeah. So you have to listen to me and trust that I know what I'm doing because I've been doing this for a long time. Well, and you know, if what you're doing isn't working, then try something new, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I mean, you probably see it as well with your clients, people get injured. So if you go too gung-ho and you are overtraining, if you're injured, you're not doing yourself a favor at all if you've got to take three, four, five weeks off. Um, so if you ease in a little bit more and are kinder to your body and are, we're moving, we're moving, that's all that matters, we can always add more to that later and make sure that we're not going to burn out. Yeah, exactly. 
I want to talk about empowering women and helping them feel better about themselves. I, mean, I know there are so many women out there that you know say terrible things to themselves. So how how do we tell me tell me what you're doing to empower women? That was part of the coaching that I really wanted to make sure I added over the last five years was I'm helping everyone look better and I'm going internally and I'm helping their systems with hormones, with mindset. We also need to be empowering women, not just me as a coach, but all of us in general. So when we're on social media, it's just always trying to operate from a place of love and lifting other women up. And I mean, I was guilty of that in the past too, where there might've been things said or posted that maybe aren't doing that and not making sure that all of my fellow sisters, because we are all a family and a community being women, how can I make as many women feel as amazing as possible? And I think that the, one of the things that worked best for me, myself even, was talking to myself like I was my best friend. And we, we don't do that. We're very hard on ourselves. I didn't get to the gym. I'm a terrible person. I'm not losing those 10 pounds. Like I'm so ugly. And your best friend would never say that to you. I've been 80 pounds heavier than I am today. And my best friend would have still been telling me how amazing I was and how good of a person and lifting me up. Or she would be that person saying to me, do not talk to yourself like that. You're better than that. So I really try to do that. And I try to do that. I, I mean, my social media following are my friends. So I'm always trying to post things that I know will lift other people up. Sometimes it's to make them laugh. I'll, I'll post funny things. But I think keeping it lighter. I think we as women, our lives are so heavy. So it's helping to lighten the load for women and say, I get you. I know what it's like to have the crazy teenagers or whatever it might be. And just coming back to a place of understanding and not judging other women. I mean, we get enough of that as it is. With being parents and mothers and having very different views on how to do things, I feel that especially during these times when people are being pulled in so many different directions politically around COVID and Black Lives Matter, we aren't going to get into those details right now, but I feel that this is seeping into many other aspects of our lives. And so having a voice like yours, someone who is constantly, number one, keeping it real, uh, but also empowering women in a positive way is really important. So thank you for being that voice. Well, thank you. Thank you. And I'm just, I'm, it's very empowering to see so many women like you and, and those that I'm following on social media, just being real. Cause I think that's another thing that I really try to do is just always be honest and always be real. And I'll joke and say, you guys, I had a bottle of wine for dinner and I gave my kids chocolate, whatever. I didn't eat one vegetable today. I think the more we as women are honest about our journeys and rally together, we start to go, you know what? Nobody really has it all together and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, really, at the end of the day, you know, it's impossible to live up to these impossible standards. I feel like, you know, nobody, I mean, unless I, I, I don't, I don't know a person in my life who is able to follow a diet to the T like every single day. I feel like it's a rare soul 
able to do that. Well, and social media, social media is usually fake. It's photoshopped. It's very phony. So the ones that are selling you the perfect life and the perfect body all the time, something is not perfect in their life. Something is imbalanced because someone that does have that as their main focus either means they don't have children their, their job is social media and their bodies. So that's just a very different life than mine. And they can have that. But I really have always been the voice of reason to people that will say, yeah, well, so-and-so is so perfect and has it together. Don't believe the highlight reel that you see on everyone's social media because I know different. And so we have to be more selective with who we're following and make sure that the people that we follow do make us feel good. Like, you know, uh, they, they mess up too. This is great. You know, we all, we all do it. We all try our best. Yeah. The other day I posted about um, some issues that I've been having with my own body. I've been taking this amazing course and while taking the course, I learned that I have not been firing my glutes um, as much as I need to be, which is causing some issues. And as a result, I've been quad dominant. And, you know, as I'm going through my own journey, I'm really proud that I was able to identify this in my in my own body, which is difficult because when you don't have another teacher around to be able to watch you and see what you're doing, you you miss things, right? And so being on the other side of it where I am the teacher you miss things about yourself and you know you're always taking care of everybody else so i shared this on social media and i i felt a little bit you know shy about it but at the end of the day you know we are all on our own journeys and we are all dealing with our own body stuff and it's okay for me to share that and it makes me perhaps a little bit more relatable to other people who are going through the same thing. Well, even some of my best friends in the industry are trainers who don't have the most amazing physiques. And they used to be very self-conscious about it until they realized they're so busy in the day, they don't have time to fit in their workout because the quality that they're giving their clients for the nine, 10 hours that they're working with clients takes away for their, from their workouts. So they don't have to have the same six-pack amazing physique that they used to because they're helping others get that. And I think that's a lot of pressure for us as trainers and coaches is to fit that mold and have everyone believe that we're perfect all the time. And I do the same thing where I'll be honest and tell my clients I didn't work out at all this week. And here's how it looks. And it's just, that's normal. That is normal. Yeah. It's okay, right? Yeah, just get right back up again. Get back on the horse. I love the image of the toddler who's falling over all the time and they're learning how to walk. And, you know, what's amazing and beautiful about the whole thing is that they are rarely upset about it, frustrated. They are certainly not saying terrible things to themselves about it. And the people around them are so supportive and just help scoop them back up and get back on their feet. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. End of every one of my interviews. I ask my guest to tell me what they feel 
move better, feel better means to them. And this is based off of the campaign that I started where the profits of the sale of my move better, feel better tank tops go to women's mental health, benefiting the Women's College Hospital Foundation, as well as Black Women in Motion. So what does it mean to you? I love this when I when you told me about it because it's the one piece of the equation that I think we've missed as a society for so many years and we've we we take baby steps forward and then we don't quite leap forward like we should be. Mental health is the most important part of everything. It it doesn't matter what your body fat percentage is, it doesn't matter how much you're moving your body if it's not from a mental place of well-being and I think now that we're seeing our society shift to being able to talk more openly about all of the different mental health issues, I just think it's such a great platform to give to that piece of the the industry because it is one that is still lacking a great deal. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lori. I know that if people don't already know you, they're going to want to find you. So tell us how to do that. On Instagram, I'm Lori.Mork. On Facebook, I have Lori Mork Wellness. And then I have LoriMork.com is my new website. So something I forgot to mention, and I would love Lori to share. Lori has a book that came out that has gotten revamped and so tell us more about it yeah i have kiss my curvy assets is the name of the book and i launched it two years ago and it was a bestseller and won some awards and i'm really lucky to have a new publisher and we're just breathing new life into it and what it was was I think we we know that diet and exercise are in the equation of rocking your body and loving your body and owning your body. But I had 18 other strategies of how you can do that and really embrace what you have, love what you have, and just rock what you have. And now I added two more chapters. So there's 22 ways that we can get there and just really help us to feel better the bigger with the bigger picture, not just diet and exercise. There are those two chapters. I had to throw those in there uh, beyond fads and beyond extremes, moving your body from from a place of love, but then having so many other ways that we can really rock because we want to feel good. That's the most important thing. And I just really wanted to have that book get out there to help women feel better. I actually have your book and it's a powerful tool it's especially because it's so important to be able to learn that accessing your wellness um, is a lot more complex than people realize. And there are so many facets to it and so many wonderful ideas that you bring to the table that people do not want to miss. So I love the first edition and I know I'm going to love the second one. I'll definitely be picking that up in April. Thanks so much for having me and thanks for all you're doing for mental health and for all of your clients. It's awesome. Thank you so much for listening in to Matters of Movement, the podcast. I am your host, Christina Whalen-Chabot, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Matters of Movement. And if you want to buy a tank top or just check out my website, you can do that at mattersofmovement.ca. 
In order for our podcast to reach a bigger audience, you can show your support and love by subscribing to reviewing and rating this podcast. See you next time where we will continue to explore all matters related to movement together.